Hi, I'm Nick Holland with Information Security Media Group. If you've paid for any groceries recently, you may have noticed that you're not being asked as often as you used to for your signature. So why is that? Late last year, all the US card networks shifted their position on the requirement for signatures on card transactions at Merchant. And this went into effect this April. Clearly, the signature has been redundant as an identifier for some time on credit and debit card payments. But it was something. So what's authenticating us now? Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Linda Kirkpatrick, who is Executive Vice President of Merchants and Acceptance at MasterCard. Hi, Linda. Hi, Nick. How are you? Very good. Thank you. So we've ditched Signature. What's in its place to prevent lost and stolen card fraud from occurring? Yeah. So, Nick, uh, we have for a very long time been innovating various forms of authentication, both uh, at the point of sale in a physical environment as well as in a digital environment. 50 years ago, when the card networks were originally formed, signature was really the only form of cardholder verification method that existed in the marketplace. In, in an analog world where dynamic authentication was, was not even a thought in anyone's mind, uh, signature really meant something. And the merchants that took payment cards got into the practice of checking the signature and, you know, looking at the individual and perhaps validating their signature against another form of ID. Um, but over time, clearly we've evolved as, the, as an industry. Uh, we've innovated on, you know, multiple ways to make transactions more secure at the point of sale. And, uh, you know, most recently, two and a half years ago, the entire U.S. market migrated to EMV and chip technology. And, you know, we are in some instances in the U.S. Uh, a laggard with the rest of the world, which is much more aligned around uh, chip and the importance of, of chip as a, as a dynamic cardholder verification method uh, and one that's much more difficult to penetrate from a, from a fraud perspective. Uh, and so with that evolution and advancement, we took that opportunity to evaluate the rules that were in place for many years and identify which ones were, you know, had, had outrun their useful life and the use of signature as a cardholder verification method when we had other methods like chip, like PIN, like biometrics, um, and other platforms uh, like tokenization, um, which really eclipsed the safety and security that, that our, our merchants were, uh, were working with. You know, it really seemed that the signature had become irrelevant uh, as a cardholder verification method. So that's really what, what drove the impetus for the change. I think also uh, when you look at from an issuer perspective, we've been innovating tools uh, and technologies like most recently the early detection system to help financial institutions preempt attacks. And, and what that does is it provides issuers with a, an alert for cards and accounts that are at a heightened risk of, of fraud. So really trying to get out there in a much more proactive, meaningful way to stop the fraud before it happens, and then to authenticate the cardholder in a way that uh, goes well, well beyond the signature. So is this in place for all sizes of transactions for MasterCard at a, at a retail checkout, or does MasterCard put any parameters in place where an extra form of authentication is required? The decision to remove signature was a decision that we placed on all MasterCard products for any dollar amount at any merchant location. So uh, we did not want to make it difficult for merchants to distinguish 
when they could apply this rule and when they had to request something else. Uh, we really left it to the merchant to make a decision based on their business model. So there might be some merchants that say, as a result of the business that they're in, for example, large electronics merchants or jewelry merchants, or even uh, merchants that require a contract to be signed with their customer, uh, they may decide that they still believe there's value in a signature. Uh, but we are really leaving it up to the merchant and their knowledge of their own business and how it operates so that they can decide when, when they want to check the signature and when they feel it's redundant. So from a MasterCard perspective, all dollar amounts, all products, all channels are uh, permitted to have no signature at the point of sale. So why aren't all merchants dropping signature yet? Is it just lack of awareness or other systemic reasons? What, why, why isn't this kind of consistent across all retailers yet? What we're hearing is some really encouraging pickups in the marketplace uh, with merchants who have an imperative to improve the speed at the point of sale. So grocery merchants, warehouse merchants, retailers, where uh, a line at the queue means lost profits for them, where storing signature is costly, where, you know, spending time asking questions around, uh, you know, finding a pen or piece of paper, or making sure the terminal is prompting, is taking time away from their ability to service their customer. So the merchant categories that are most receptive to this change are the ones that, you know, have an imperative around saving time and efficiency for their, for their customers. Now, other categories, like, for example, the restaurant industry, much of which hasn't migrated to EMV as yet, is, is still trying to figure out how not asking for a signature might change their process for asking for tips, et cetera. As you probably know, Nick, uh, in, the, in Europe, Australia, Canada, and other markets where chip is, uh, you know, has proliferated for many, many years, the process in, in restaurants is very different. The server brings a POS terminal to the table and the cardholder can handle the transaction from the table. That, that hasn't yet taken off in the U.S. So there's going to be certain verticals that pick it up quicker than others. The small merchant community will probably be the long tail here because they, you know, haven't heard about the change or they don't know who to call to make the change. Uh, but we've been very proactive with communications and, uh, the, and with the media, frankly, that this has received a lot of pickup. Uh, with merchants and, and resounding positivity uh, on behalf of the industry as well. Uh, you know, in speaking with the Merchant Advisory Group, uh, known as the MAG, and, and their members represent the largest merchants in the U.S., uh, they predict that 75% of their members will leverage no signature optionality uh, before the end of 2018. So we're seeing some pretty good pickups, pick you know, as, as with any change, change takes takes time to really fully recognize uh, the, the benefits and, and roll out sufficiently. But we see some very, very good momentum and pick up here in the U.S. So, Linda, it's, it's not mandatory, though, is it? It's, it's optional from a merchant at this point. So from from an interchange standpoint, uh, are there still different other like different rates of interchange for merchants with signature versus non-signature transactions? No. 
pricing is unaffected by this change. Okay, so th there's no there's no reason from a pricing standpoint why merchants would avoid it and stick with Signature. None at all. Okay, so I guess in fact it's, it's quite the opposite. From an operational perspective, merchants have less costs or fewer costs uh, when they remove the signature because uh, a they're getting the extra volume from higher throughput. Uh, b they're getting they, they no longer have to, you know, spend the money to either store the signature in, in a cloud or in a physical location. So it would be um, much more economical for a merchant to go no signature. That makes sense. So I guess as you're saying as well, you're seeing, we've seen this happen in other geographies. We've seen it in Canada. We've seen it in Europe, Australia. Um, are we seeing a case building, do you think, for PIN transactions as well? Or is that, do you think that's redundant in the U.S.? Well, I think uh, we do see PIN on some portfolios. You know, our EMV rubric for fraud and liability shift does provide protection to the entity that has the highest form of authentication, and, and PIN is part of that rubric. So we do see some pockets of PIN issuance. You know, certainly from a debit perspective, PIN is readily used. So we're, 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 you know, we continue to see momentum there. On the credit side, it's, it's an issuer by issuer decision uh, as to whether they'll embed PIN on, on their portfolios. Each bank has their own uh, level of risk tolerance and their own strategy for how to implement safety and security measures. And so that's, you know, something that you would probably want to ask them about. But from our perspective, PIN is, is secure. It's included in our EMV rubric, and um, we are seeing increased PIN issuance. It doesn't sound like you're anticipating anything like we saw in Australia, where it was a specific date on the calendar where everyone had to move to PIN. No. Okay. So what about, again, I got a, I got a new card the other day. It's still requiring me to sign on the back. So when are we going to see that drop off cards? Yeah, that's uh, part of the evolution of, of no signature. We do expect eventually uh, to have uh, the requirement for a signature panel removed for issuers, and that should happen in, in the near future. Thank you, Linda. That was Linda Kirkpatrick, who's Executive Vice President of Merchants and Acceptance at MasterCard. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Nick Holland.